0: I set out to be a filmmaker not because I thought it was going to be something easy that I could just fall into, but because you know, it was a challenge. You know, to quote John F. Kennedy, I we, was just about
1: to say, "Yeah, that. we do we these did things, things not because they
0: are easy, but be- because they, they are hard." hard. Exactly.
1: <laughs> my name is West Gibbons, and welcome back to the Tungsten Originals podcast. You just heard part of my conversation with Jared Wang. Jared is in pre-production for his senior thesis film, Crosses of Lorraine, which is a romantic war drama set during the final winter of World War II. The story follows an American GI wounded in battle and taken in by a former member of the French Resistance. We discussed the inspiration for this script, the biggest difficulties with making a war film, and why Jared is going all out on his thesis. There's a link to Jared's Indiegogo campaign in the description of this episode. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Episode 46 of the Tungsten Originals Podcast. Jared, welcome to the
0: podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Of course. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Quarter
1: just wrapped up. Yeah, uh, I just had my last class.
0: Yeah, no, I I just got out of mine and hopped into here.
1: Yeah, how does it feel to be done? You know... I'm not as excited to be done as I thought I would be, <laughs> right? Because um, we're not. Because with like that's fun. that's the thing. Like my my girlfriend's been saying this whole week, like we're almost done, and I'm and I keep thinking like, well, thesis, I'm not going to be done exactly. at all
0: until the year's done.
1: Yeah, so it's like we're continually working
0: for sure. No, I mean we're out of classes, but pre pro works continuing for yeah. the next seven weeks, and right other projects
1: will just keep going. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you are here to talk about your senior thesis film, Crosses of Lorraine, absolutely, which is a romantic war drama yes sir before the first war drama that we've had um in this thesis series um but before we dive into that and that experience i want to talk about you and sure. how you ended up in the seat in front of me so jared yeah we, we met in directing actors yes we did with the uh lovely professor james sadwith mm-hmm. but let's go back all the way back to little jared before all he right. was five eleven, okay. as we were just speaking about sure um 411 Jared yeah yeah exactly um, You were 411 when you were born It was, it was oh yeah, crazy. No. it was
0: crazy Yeah I was a very very large child <laughs> yeah. And then like puberty hit and I grew like One foot and then
1: it stopped and then it's yeah exactly, exactly. It's very economical mm-hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> Do you come from a particularly Artistic family Sort of okay. um my mom
0: uh, Is a musician Oh okay and, what kind of musician
1: uh, She played the flute she was oh, a cool. flautist. Yes, that's what it's called. It's called a flautist. Interesting. Yes, never would have guessed that.
0: Uh, yeah, my mom's a flautist. Uh, my grandmother's an interior designer. Oh, Okay. Um, very into like art and history and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, by trade, both my parents are scientists. Really? Yeah. Okay. What my kind mom, of scientists? My mom is a marine biologist. Wow. Um, she worked for NOAA. Uh, wow. Doing. Marine biology, things. Right. <laughs> right and uh, my dad is a
1: computer engineer Wow. Yeah got some smart folks in her family. Yeah, I'm not one of them so, Well, <laughs> I disagree. Oh, well, thank you. Um, when did you start paying attention to movies?
0: Honestly, I was so young that I don't even remember really okay, uh, I've been I wanted to be in entertainment for Almost my entire life like okay. I started off as a musician like my mom was uh, I was okay. a violinist then I went into acting when I was five
1: Really, um,
0: the American stage down in my hometown in Saint Petersburg, Florida. Gotcha. Shout out!
1: So it was stage acting.
0: Yeah, started the okay. stage acting uh, gotcha. at the age of five, and then uh, I started looking into filmmaking as an opportunity to show off myself as an actor. Oh, okay. Uh, so I did projects where like I could act in them, and then as a vanity thing, <laughs> I started studying screenwriting so I could write okay. myself shows to be in because. Uh, gotcha. There weren't a lot of parts for me. I felt mm-hmm. so I was like I'll write my own parts right okay. and then after studying screenwriting um, My theater director who was also my screenwriting teacher, is like I also teach a filmmaking class hmm. You should take that because I think you'd be a good director then I took that in high school and
1: wow. Man your high school had some pretty great classes. Yeah, it
0: did. Uh, and awesome. They were all basically taught by uh, one William Levengood Shout out wow. to him. Wow. Um,
1: I knew him for Think eight years of my academic career. Wow. Okay. So, where's your hometown? Saint Petersburg, Florida. Okay. So, whenever you were um, young in Saint Petersburg, were you like those projects that you were making? Like, was it just you? Uh,
0: It was small team. Like, my dad helped me out. He had obviously like a little camcorder, but started off with just my dad. You know, it's like here's some lights, here's a camera, here's how you do it, here's Windows Movie Maker, (laughs) and then (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, I it started with just me, and then okay, um, in high school I started. Uh, working with other people like editors and stuff. I started
1: okay skewing away from editing my own things right So whenever you were making that stuff like were you just only focused on how do I get myself on screen? Or, or were you taking interest like producing is kind of interesting. Like, I, st- kinda... I started
0: off, you know when I was young um, You know we're talking like nine. I was like yeah, it's all about me It's all about how I show up on screen, but by yeah. the time I was um, like 14 and getting into writing, like I had already started stepping my, away and stepping behind. Okay. Um. So the first real short that I made was a silent comedy, and I'm kind of like featured in it at the end as a villain role. Okay. But it was the my whole focus throughout the whole thing was directing hmm. and writing it, and hmm. um, that's where
1: I found out that I really, really love being behind the camera uh, okay. as opposed to in front of it. Gotcha. So when did you make the decision that you wanted to be a filmmaker professionally? Uh, when I was
0: fourteen, well, really, I, that first short film was like, "All right, well, I've got like two options academically. <laughs> I can go into film mm-hmm. and kind of roll the dice. You know, there's a few options to be yeah. successful in filmmaking, and one of them's very successful and very lucrative, right? Or I could go in and be a history major. There's no dice with history majors. <laughs> That's true. They don't make a lot of money. It's unfortunate. I love history, <laughs> right? But um, it's not lucrative, and yeah." I don't know. It's there's something about filmmaking that's just always vibed with me, mm-hmm. and so it really became like I was encouraged not to study film, really, uh, as like a professional thing because, I mean, it is kind of pipe dream type yeah. situation, and so I it kind of narrowed down like okay, well, what else do I think I would be good at? What else could I make money off of? What other marketable skills do I have? And. It kind of came down to the point where, like, well, this is what I know how to do. This is what I love mm. doing. So, I mean, I committed to it. Yeah. And here we are.
1: Yeah. So were you um, were you discouraged at all from from pursuing this route? I would say. And how do you deal
0: with that if you were? I would say my dad wasn't super thrilled okay. about the idea. Because Um, of
1: the pipe dream nature
0: right which is fair and I mean my dad's my dad's a very practical person,
1: right? That's what parents are for. (laughs)
0: That's very true Um, He was like, you know, you're really good at talking. You're really good at making arguments You seem to like arguing with people you should be a
1: lawyer you know who makes a lot right. of money lawyers right. like consistently i think i was also told the same talking arguing thing. things yeah. well by my parents
0: <laughs> but I, th- I think it boils down to it's it's perceived by a lot of people as you know we like talking and like arguing i think what we enjoy is expressing ourselves and filmmaking is right our route to do that and right it's again it's how i express myself is through my films and i love mm-hmm. it and so that's where i ended up being but um In my high school, Mm -hmm. um, we had college admissions advisors. Right. And they were basically, Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Like, you want to go into film school? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, we had a film class, but it was, Here's like a camcorder, learn how to do it. It's not like I had anything to build a reel to apply to film schools with. Yeah. So they were like, Are you sure that's what you want to do? I'm like, Yeah, let's go. And, um, Yeah, it ended up working well enough for me, I think. I mean, I'm here. Um, I'm almost out. Um, I've got a big project that I'm really excited to do for my senior. Mm -hmm. But um, I I think I had to fight a bit to get here.
1: Right. Okay. So once you get to SCAD, which is like this oasis of people who think the same way you do and, you know, maybe were discouraged a little bit, but in their, like, souls want to make movies. Was that like a holy shit moment? Well, so... It took me two colleges to get here. Oh, really? Okay, gotcha. So, uh,
0: I originally went to UC Davis, University of California, Davis, which is in Northern California, Mm. where I was a film studies major. There's a long story about- Is that like cinema
1: studies? Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha.
0: Long story about how I got there, but Mm. it wasn't the idea that I was going to stay there, Mm. Um, but that's where I ended up. And so, when I started off my college career, I was surrounded by a bunch of people who why are you f- studying film?
1: Mm.
0: Why would you be a film studies? That sounds so impractical because it was in, film studies isn't about the production, isn't yeah. about filmmaking. It's about the theory. yeah. Um, which personally, I think my roots in that um, kind of grounds me as a filmmaker. Mm. It helps round out the edges of what I do and don't understand.. Yeah. but I, people there were like, why are you doing that? There was a film society, like a filmmaking club there, and I was the only film major. In the film club. And so it was a bunch of people who were like, no, we just do this for fun. Why are you trying to do it professionally? Then I went to UCLA, where the students there definitely had like, oh yeah, no, like my dad is a producer. Right. And so it's just like in the family business. Yeah. So It is LA after all. Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) So I kind of jumped but from that. Was that that annoying? I feel like that would annoy me. All of these kids, like, yeah, my dad. Honestly. Developed like mike and molly and, <laughs> and
0: it would, have, it it would have annoyed me more if i wasn't trying to spend the whole time brown nosing i'm like
1: oh well oh, right
0: uh, i should meet your dad sometime that sounds like uh, uh he sounds like a lovely man right and i'd love to shake his hand at some point point. and i'd because... love for him to
1: launch my career exactly <laughs> yeah
0: but okay. um so that was like a big shift and then yeah. finally uh, Like you said coming to SCAD. Yeah, it was oh, here's a bunch of people who are just here because they want to be creative Right, you know, I don't know a lot of people here. Who's like, oh, yeah, my dad. He works yeah. for ABC yeah. but um, You know, it's there's just a lot of people here who love to create. Yeah, and Was I that really refreshing? It was yeah, it was uh, it's not what I was exposed to immediately just because of how our right. system works but as soon as I started finally taking classes with other film majors, mm-hmm. I got it, and I was like, "This is this is film school. Right. This is how it works." Right. And since then, you know, I've I've really been enjoying just all my peers and being mm-hmm. able to interact with people who make films differently than I do, make films similarly to I do. Yeah. The different theories on how we should be creators and how
1: mm-hmm. we
0: can express our ideas, and it's it's a great environment to be around just other people who. Want to do the same thing, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe have different takes
1: on it, right? So I assume your first film class was Film 100 uh, not here. It was I took film 100 at UC Davis Oh, okay, so you didn't end up taking that here. No, I did not. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So what was your first like film production class here? at good. Uh, it was Amanda Kukulski's
0: film 232 lighting and field gotcha Okay, um, and I actually made a lot of great contacts mm-hmm. in that class um, my DP on Crosses Lorraine mm. uh, Brendan Callahan he's been a good friend of mine since I've been at SCAD we mm. met originally in that class Oh, Okay, and have been collaborating since
1: kasha gotcha. with that final project in that class. Did you direct something?
0: I did Okay, yeah, I directed a short film that actually went on to the Tallgrass film festival cool. Yeah, very cool uh, How did that feel directing it that was project? great? Yeah, honestly, it was great It was the first time that I had been on a project that felt real, mm. you know, and was my... that
1: intimidating? No, hmm.
0: it really wasn't I I I don't know I want to sound arrogant no. but it felt right you know yeah. um I had been on you know sets at Davis where you know it was we put together what we can someone owned a yeah. Zoom recorder so we brought that out yeah. and um, you know I had a Canon DSLR so we shot on that and we knew some people who liked acting so they came in right. and you know those were the sets we put together in mm-hmm. UCLA equipment was is uh hard to get you mm. know you go there and the equipment that they have is for big projects mm. everything you do in your class projects. You shoot it on your phone You shoot it on your DSLR. Really? Yeah um, Wow, yeah, it's it's a huge that program sucks. <laughs> yeah, honestly It's one of the benefits of SCAD over right. like larger film programs. Yeah, it's like I here uh, I Can qualify to check out a red and then I can check out a red for whatever mm-hmm. projects that I want or an area Alexa Or you know, whatever that we have in inventory mm-hmm. there. You have to have an approved senior project That they looked at and then went, okay, this is good enough for us to allocate you one of our cameras Hmm. I think we actually have more cameras here. Not even per student. We have more cameras at SCAD than UCLA does That's insane. Yeah, Um, it's it's where we've invested a lot of our money and I think uh, giving students hands-on time with that equipment is Fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's why I think of SCAD as like film boot camp. Yeah, for sure. You know because we're using the real equipment Absolutely. So Interesting. So let's talk about Crosses of the Rain. I want to read the logline really quick because it encapsulates it uh, really well. Thank you. Set during the last winter of World War II, young American GI Danny Lewis is wounded in battle and left for dead. Taken in by a former member of the French Resistance, their relationship builds as they both discover what roles they have yet to play in the war. Wow. Thank you. Very complex. Um, When does the story for Crosses of the Rain coming to your mind. What part of your SCAD career was that?
0: I think I started developing the script last year. Okay. Um I was kind of at this crossroads. I knew I wanted to do something big mm-hmm. for my senior project. You know, it's our last hurrah before yep. we're out of this school, last time that we have access to equipment and a right. lot of willing crew and cast and whatnot. Yeah. So For free. For free, exactly. <laughs> um so I was I was at this crossroads where I was either going to do a Western Mm. Or I was going to do a war movie. And so I started... Why
1: those two genres?
0: I just love genre films. Okay. And I love things set in period. Like I said, I'm kind of a big history nerd. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I I just wanted to do something. And I knew if it was going to be a war movie, it was going to be World War II. Mm -hmm. Um, In my personal opinion, World War II is the greatest story of good versus evil that Mm -hmm. humanity's ever seen. Um, And I don't know. There's just something about it that's timeless. And Mm -hmm. it just clicks with everyone who's ever seen a World War II movie. Right. So... I was between those two genres and I ended up going, well, how can I make something that's, you know, like a Western or like a war movie, but isn't tied to just being that genre. Hmm. So the crosses script came by, honestly, when I had just a visual idea for the start of the film, the middle of the film and the end of the film. Hmm. I didn't know exactly what the story was going to be, but I knew I was going to build it basically around these three shots that I had in mind. Uh, I don't want to give exactly what those are right. away, but um, I had these strong visuals in my mind of
1: what they were going to be. Is that typically your writing process? You come up with the visuals first? No, not at all. Okay. Uh,
0: a lot of times, like I'll just you know someone will say something, and I'm like that would be funny short, or mm-hmm. you know that that would be a good horror script or right. whatever. And it's it's almost always I have a story in mind mm. and then just flesh it out, and then the yeah. visuals come when I discuss it. Okay. Um, but somehow this script was different for me. It was I had these visuals that I needed to build a script around. Mm. Um, and then eventually I did that. And the the whole point of the film isn't the war. The war is kind of the backdrop. Right. Okay. And uh, it's honestly a, a romantic drama between these two characters. Mm-hmm. And it just
1: happens to be set during the greatest conflict of all time. Mm-hmm. So when you started writing that script, did you know like, oh, this is it? This is my senior?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, okay. it was it was written with the intent of being okay. the last big script that I made here. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times I'll have projects that I just write, and I don't yeah. know whatever's gonna happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have got just like a stack of scripts that I don't even plan to ever shoot. I just wrote them really for the sake of writing them. Hmm. No, when when this one came, I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do.
1: Okay, yeah, this is this is
0: gonna be the film that I'm ending with.
1: Right, right, yeah. Let's dive into the writing process because whenever you're making a period piece about World War II, I assume uh, a mountain of research comes with that. Because, Absolutely. Because I mean, like you said, since it is such a great conflict, like that also means like a lot of people, average joes, have knowledge of it. For sure. So like, yeah. you don't want to mischaracterize something, or you know yeah. what I mean, unless you're trying to. Be very very different from it. So um, you're a history buff beforehand, but did you have to do a lot of supplemental research for this? Absolutely,
0: yeah. Okay. No, um, I knew kind of the story that I wanted to tell, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know how I could set it during the war accurately uh, to right. be like believable that this situation would have happened to someone in the war because it's an original story that I developed. It's mm-hmm. not based on any you know like particular people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are people that inspired the script, inspired, mm. you know, what it's about. Um, especially a couple of French Resistance fighter women mm. uh who were in the French Resistance, their stories kind of have been very interesting to me for a very long time. Mm. And so I wanted to bring incorporate that into the script somehow. Gotcha. But um no, I had to do plenty of research on like, okay, well, where exactly were the lines drawn right. during this point in the war, mm-hmm. you know, because I knew when I wanted it set, I knew the tone that I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, so where in France would the Nazi have been, Nazis have been while there was snowfall you <laughs> oh, know, wow. during this period? of Because like it was the story I wanted to tell was set in the winter and it was near the end of the war. And I knew mm. that um, because it had to be believable that a French resistance fighter and an American GI would have been stuck together at some point in the winter. Oh, And so I'd be like, okay, where mm. were the Nazis lines drawn? And so... Uh, I ended up finding basically this small pocket of German control in France in 1945, in the very beginning of 1945. Hmm. And that's where the story uh, takes place, is in this, wow. uh, this basically foothold that the Germans held that wow. needed to be uh, removed.
1: Okay, gotcha. So another difficult aspect, or maybe the most difficult aspect about a period piece is that you have to make everything in that frame look like 1945. Yeah. What is your production design process?
0: Uh, I've got a very great production designer. Um, his name's Jacob Nelson. He's been one of my best friends for almost 13 years now. Wow. Uh, I knew him back in high school. I knew him back in middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. And he goes here at scad okay. as well. And so uh, basically I asked him, like, would you be willing to work on my senior film? Because he yeah. doesn't do a lot of film projects. Mm, okay. uh, and I asked him, would you be the production designer on this? Because... You're the best that I know. Mm. And thankfully he said yes and he's working on it and he's doing as much research as he can. We're acquiring things from the period. So, okay. you know, if there's something that's on our set, um, that's like, you know, a wood fired oven or whatever, it's mm. a wood fired oven from nineteen forty five or <laughs> earlier. Maybe right. we'll fudge it with like nineteen forty six. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. we're we're striving for Authenticity
1: okay uh, at the maximum. So yeah, do you ever get frustrated with that and just wish like I wish I could just put this in 2019?
0: Honestly, no, I really? I, uh, I set myself out because I mean I knew uh, Back when I was between war movie and a Western. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing either of those because I wanted it to be easy
1: <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's, that's a very you know, good point yeah, that's I was fair. like, you
0: know e- Either one of those the production design is gonna have to matter a lot right and we're gonna have to get it right Right. Um, and I'm just thankful that I have a good team on my side to do that. Mm,
1: okay. So are you at all worried about convincing audiences of it looking like World War II? Since that is such a well-known and like very portrayed thing and like some, some pieces that have done it have done it so well. Like, of course, everyone thinks of Saving Private Ryan. Right. How do you like, how do you tackle that? Because I think a problem that we all face in film school is like, well, we have our teenager friends or young 20-year-old friends playing yeah. adults
0: uh, well, and that's, everything like that That is
1: one of the nice things
0: about the Second World War is yeah. that most of, you know, the people who served the country and mm-hmm. were heroes were kids That's true. They were younger than us. Yeah, you know people were lying about their age joining up at the age of 16 Right and going over to France. So the age thing um, There's an easy out there, mm-hmm. you know, we've cast someone who looks younger, but mm-hmm. the character is 19 so right. You know, there's no real fallback on that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as just being convincing, the one thing that I, I think is going to be the struggle is that the equipment, everything that they're wearing, has right. to be believable—not just being military issue, but something that's been worn yeah. inside of a war zone and has weight to right. it. Right? Yeah. Uh, we have a promo video that we shot for mm-hmm. our Indiegogo, and that was used using costumes that I guess looked looked a little clean, and. You know, we—that's yeah. something that we kind of want to address before we go into full production—is mm-hmm. that like it needs to look like it's near the end of a war, right? And this stuff's been used. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's our main challenge, I think, is just not that everything will look authentic or believable, mm-hmm. but just the fact that it'll look like it
1: belonged, uh, that it'll look like it was used in the war, basically. Right. Yeah. Right. I think another challenge that. Is, that comes along with shooting a war movie is that, um, you know, I would hope that you nor any of your cast and crew has experienced the atrocities that happened during Absolutely. World War II. Yeah. Um. So, what's going to be your process, and like, how are you thinking about approaching? Obviously, like you said, the war is the backstory, but For sure. that's that's still like the character's backstory. They have that experience under their belt, right? So, how are you going to tackle like having that? In the actors like you know toolbox if that makes any sense what I'm trying to say uh,
0: I actually spoke with Professor Chaney uh, oh, nice. about
1: this this morning oh, really? okay, um, great.
0: and he gave me some great advice on yeah. this um, because I basically had the same question is we've got yeah. seven weeks off between now and then when we come back for before principal photography right how can I make sure my actors are doing the right prep work for these characters right so uh, biggest part of advice was for you know your military characters Have them talk to people who served in the military. Like, get to know what that experience was like. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just go through and actually learn about it. Go to, you know, World War II museums. Go Mm -hmm. to, you know, all these different things. Immerse themselves. Exactly. um, Try to just get as much experience with people who served Mm -hmm. and find out what their takes on it are. And then see if you can incorporate that and relate it to something that you know. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a big part of it is, I think, uh, doing research and just making sure... That the actors are on top of everything mm-hmm. uh, before that they before they get into principal photography.
1: Right. Um, another interesting thing that you're doing with this film is that you're shooting it on film. Yes, we are. I just interviewed Davi Pena, I guess, yesterday? Yeah, I guess yesterday. This week is such a blur. <laughs> um, I believe you. But I interviewed him this week, and he's also shooting on film. So I think it's interesting to see the people that are doing that undertaking because it's yeah. a lot, and it adds a lot to your budget. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're, you don't get to see the shot until it comes back. Absolutely. Until the film is developed. So yeah. you're waiting for weeks like, I hope we nailed that, you know? Yeah. So why film? Because I, the digital promo you shot looks great. You it know? does. It does look great. Um, and coloring and, can do a lot, you know? You know, uh,
0: all kudos to our DP for shooting mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah. that promo vid. But there's something about film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the most film school kid thing that you can say is, oh, yeah, no, my senior project has to be on film because it's just got this look right but it's true film has something that is unattainable i think still in digital where it just has this textural balance between looking great looking clean but also having a certain texture to it a certain Mm -hmm. softness and on top of just the textural and aesthetic reasons that you would go with film it's just accurate to the period
1: yeah, that's that's fair. You know that's a lot fair. of the footage that like we've how seen... it interprets colors and stuff exactly like that. Yeah, and
0: a lot of the footage that we've seen from the Second World War obviously isn't black and white for most of it mm-hmm. But it was shot on 16 millimeter cameras. Hmm. So it just felt right for the project You yeah. know, I, it's not like we don't have access to right. top of the line digital cameras Right, but at the end of the day, you know if it was an early decision for us to shoot hmm. film um, we committed to it pretty easily and like you were saying there are a lot of projects that are doing it mm-hmm. um, I'm shooting on my own camera. I'm shooting on an SR2 Wow that um, I have and it's available for rental <laughs> And There are two other Link projects the <laughs> There are two other projects after me using that camera for really? their for their okay. projects So that camera next quarter is gonna be out on set for I think four or five weeks in a row Wow And so it's not like films died You know everyone's like why are you shooting on film it's antiquated digital has Mm -hmm. these and these benefits but at the end of the day if you watch something that's shot on film and you watch something that's shot on digital you know the general audience might not know Mm -hmm. the difference but there's a different feeling that you get from it for sure Mm -hmm. Um, and especially in the 16 millimeter format it's just gritty enough Mm -hmm. that you know, it's, it's not a perfectly clean image. Yeah,
1: it's not 35. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And uh, I feel like for a story that's set during a war, that's mm-hmm. all about humanity and human connection. Right. It has this imperfection to it mm-hmm. that sells the humanity of the story. Hmm. So
1: you're drawn to the imperfections.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, okay. no, it's I'm not like going for oh, yeah Let's scratch up my roll and like flash <sighs> off of it or anything like yeah. nothing crazy. Yeah, but film in itself It's not a perfect medium. You know right. digital is clean mm. and sometimes you don't want cleanliness You mm-hmm. want something that's just a little bit dirty because it feels right. more natural and more lived in more right. used
1: more right Like you were saying with the costumes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think uh, the film's gonna help sell that Yeah, uh, is the the film has an inherent texture Mm -hmm. Uh, It has you know the grain pattern to it Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing that The Walking Dead does You know they want their world to feel like it's kind of old and Mm -hmm. you know Maybe not perfect and so they've Mm -hmm. shot the whole thing on uh, Super 16 and Mm -hmm. I think it works great for them and I hope it'll work great for me.
1: Yeah, so You've done a lot of film photography I have right yeah, so I'm, how does that factor in as an inspiration?
0: Uh, so film photography. I mean it for me. It's something that I got into Because I was bored with digital photography. Yeah, yeah. I feel that um, you know, it's very easy to take out a digital camera have 512 gigabytes of SD cards and space. shoot thousands of exactly pictures. And, and two are good. And you and you don't have <laughs> to put effort into making things right. look good because you're like, ah, well, I'll shoot it on RAW. I'll edit all the colors later. It'll be fine. Yeah. And you know, I'll have eight thousand pictures. I can choose one of them to highlight, and that's it. And yeah. so I was bored with that style of photography. Mm-hmm. So I picked up a digital camera. Or uh, sorry, I picked up a film camera one
1: day. Mm-hmm.
0: And what camera was it? Uh, the first film camera that I used was my father's Minolta X370.
1: Nice. That's um, a great one.
0: It is. I love that camera. I still use it to this day. Nice. Um, I have an extensive collection of cameras now. Yeah. But uh, I still use that Minolta. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used that camera. I just put a roll of 24 exposures in it. Mm. And I went out. I knew I had 24 exposures. Right. And so I had to think about it. How is the lighting? How is mm-hmm. my exposure? How is the framing? How is everything? Mm-hmm. And then I got the images back and while i've learned more about film photography right. at this point they just had this quality to them mm-hmm. that you know because i put in this effort because it was this physical medium because it had uh, a grain structure that you could look at and appreciate that's not ugly like uh, iso noise right i i just had this appreciation for the images and then i just really dove into it yeah and um it's gotten to this point where I try to shoot on film as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking at doing the 52 Rolls challenge starting in January. But yeah, no, so it it had this thing where I loved my film images Mm -hmm. more than any of my digital ones, even though I could create, if I tried to, a really nice, clean digital image that would be great for like advertisements or whatever. Mm -hmm. I didn't love those images. And when I was shooting on film, I was learning that I I loved those. And so it's my aspiration that I get mm-hmm. the same thing out of this movie,
1: right? What's so I I, t- I too love film photography. Um, what's your viewpoint on editing film photos? Because I don't edit them at all. I don't like editing. I just like what I like finding a film that interprets the colors the way I want to interpret them. For sure, and it just has, like you said, that film look, and you know, it's done for me. I think I think certain stocks have. Editing in mind when you shoot with them. Yeah, uh, if
0: you use Kodak's portrait rolls, mm-hmm. those are fantastic rolls, especially for shooting people mm-hmm. But you might want to play with the colors a bit and mm-hmm. they're designed for that uh, There are other roles that like cheap rolls like Kodak gold where you just shoot with them right and they're just like Oh, yeah, that looks like you know when my dad was shooting on Kodak gold when I right. was three. I yeah. love it Yeah, and uh, you just roll with it. So I'm not entirely against editing mm-hmm. film photos Um, But it's not something that I do myself extensively. I think, Mm -hmm. um, like I was kind of mentioning earlier with the imperfections, what you get on the film is inherently the result of the photographer. And, you know, once you get that image physically, that's what you'll have. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to make a print, you know, you can tell them to burn it or, you know, however
1: you want. But I don't know. I don't do it much
0: myself, but Mm -hmm. I'm not against
1: it. Right. Okay. I want to talk about some of your inspirations for the for this film obviously sure. you had to do like a lot of research and um the real event is inspiration in itself because Absolutely. you're 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 documenting that in a way but did you did you go to any other war movies as preparation for this because i have i've been interviewing a lot of people this week i've heard both sides of it i've heard like people will immerse themselves in the genre in the style of movie making so that they can learn about how to do that thing and i've also heard about the people that say They get the idea and then they ignore everything else because they don't want to be influenced by it. So what's your approach to it? So for this particular
0: project, to preface this, I'm an avid Blu-ray collector. Uh, I just love physical media. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've got a bunch of Blu-rays and I have a whole stack in my collection that's all war movies. Okay. And like <laughs> World War II movies are my jam. Okay. You know, like I watch them all the time. So I can't say that I wasn't influenced by any World War <laughs> right. II movies because they've been part of my cinematic lexicon for who knows how mm-hmm. long. Um, but when I sat down to write this, you know, I'd seen how Saving Private Ryan went and Hacksaw mm-hmm. Ridge and Fury and, you know, all of these films, both great and mediocre, mm-hmm. that have come out. And Almost all of them are about war right and you know what it does to the human psyche and whatnot, but they're all centrally about the war and You know, it's it's the conflict is always at the forefront. So hmm. when I started writing this no, I didn't watch like anything hmm. Um Consciously were you like consciously
1: like I need to avoid being influenced. I wasn't
0: necessarily avoiding anything okay. but I I was also not drawing inspiration from anything. Right, okay. Um, but it was, I put myself into a small media vacuum, maybe not because, you know, I, I didn't set out to do that. Mm-hmm. But when I was writing it, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go into a quiet space mm-hmm. and write. Um, there have been other times when, sure, I've immersed myself in media mm-hmm. uh, to do something. Like science fiction, I think, is always a great thing where you dive in, you see, okay, who's used the science how, and you right. you, know, you watch tons of movies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this particular project, no, it was it was all media vacuum. Um, later, when we started talking about like cinematography and tonality yeah. and all that, then you get references exactly. Yeah. We're okay. drawing from like Hacksaw Ridge and from, right. like from this scene and that scene. Right. Um, but in the writing process, it was very much blank slate. Hmm. Let's approach this in a way that I haven't seen it before.
1: Right. So, real quick, as a World War II movie connoisseur, what's the best World War II movie?
0: controversial opinion on this mm. one 1998 had two really really good world war ii
1: movies okay
0: one of them was saving private ryan mm-hmm. the other one was the thin red line and i think the thin red line is actually the best world war mm. ii movie to be made so far and this is coming from someone who's not a huge fan of malik um i oh, think yeah. he gets a little too Terrence malicky in a lot of his things <laughs> did
1: you see uh, a hidden life i did what did you think it's a good movie it's Ooh. very Malicky. Yeah, it's a marathon. It's it's that another is a marathon. It is a
0: solid <laughs> three hours That feels film. like six it does and <laughs> it's set during the second world war. It's true It is a Terrence Malick World War two movie, <laughs> but it is nowhere near as good as the thin red line. Okay gotcha. um, So that's that would be my modern answer um, mm-hmm. Bridge on the River Kwai is kind of an unbeatable classic mm.
1: But you think saving private Ryan lives up to the hype Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's truly incredible. If Saving they, like, Private deserves Ryan. the praise.
0: Yeah. If Saving Private Ryan had won Best Picture that year, I would not at all be
1: upset. Right. What it, did win Best Picture that year?
0: Uh, Best Picture of the year of 1998 was Shakespeare in Love. Oh, right. Yeah. Shakespeare in Love beat The Thin Red Line and Saving Private Ryan.
1: I wonder how Spielberg felt about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not great. Not great.
1: Um, I I do think there were two right choices that year, and neither one was made. Right. <laughs> um, let's talk about your fundraising campaign. Absolutely. Because when this comes out, your Indiegogo campaign is live. Yep. Uh, will it be up for a month? I assume uh, it'll be up for a while, probably a month. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So if you go to the description of this episode, uh, the first link will be the choice. Uh, sorry, crosses of Lorraine, um, Indiegogo campaign. So you know, go there and help them out. You know. Big period piece, war movie, drama movie. A lot of stuff you got to pay for. A lot of stuff we have to pay for. <laughs> all the costumes, all the uh, guns and that type of stuff. You know, uh, the film of course is Absolutely. a huge thing. Yeah. What's your goal for the new Go campaign in terms of the like your financial goal?
0: Uh, we're looking to raise honestly as much as we possibly can. Right. Uh, I think when it launches, our goal will be set around fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. Um, and that's not. You know the entirety of our budget. Mm -hmm. We already have a good sized chunk of cash Mm -hmm. set aside for this, but we need uh, a little extra help to make sure everything goes right. So it's going to be obviously flexible. Goal: We'll take what we can get from anyone, Um, but we're we're setting it high at fifteen thousand dollars because we just really want to make this project Mm -hmm. as well as we can. Right. And you know it's it's one of those things where when you're dealing with this war that had so much tragedy and reality that's was set behind it. You don't want to do it wrong and make it goofy. And so, you know, we're just, we're trying our damnedest to make the best thing that we possibly can out of Mm. it. And make sure that it lives up to the legacy of the people who actually served and, you right. know, all the atrocity that happened during the war, even if it's not about that. You know, it's yeah. not something that you can avoid when talking about yeah, the war. Yeah, it's still there. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we, we just want to make sure that we do everything right. Mm-hmm. So we are setting our financial goal high yeah. just so that we can be sure that we pay for everything that we need to to make sure that this film is as close to perfect as we can make it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the fun perks that people can get if they donate? We haven't
0: settled on them as of recording right um, But things that I'm wanting to do mm-hmm. if my producer lets me <laughs> do all of these things right um, t-shirts mm-hmm. um, We're gonna have crew t-shirts printed and nice. for a certain goal I think you can get a t-shirt that's not gonna have the word crew on it, but it'll have right. um, Our our film's logo mm-hmm. as well as a nice little crosses of Lorraine armband on the sleeve.
1: Oh cool For
0: very high donors, Mm -hmm. we're considering making a full film print of the finished film and sending it to them. Whoa. So So explain what a full
1: film film print is. So
0: basically, it is a screenable reel of our final film that you can put through any film projector and screen it and watch it. Um, That's really
1: cool. Yeah. That's better than a Google Drive link, I'd say. Oh, for sure.
0: (laughs) Uh, I mean, anyone who backs us, obviously, will have access to the film once we're done with it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know the least that we can do mm-hmm. is make sure that you can watch the movie you yeah. helped pay for. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate that. It...
1: Not everyone does that and
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah.
1: But because um... it's free if it's a link, it's exactly free, exactly. Know? So
0: but um, yeah, no, I, I think for very generous donors, um, we want to give them something that you know, it shows like we made this on a film mm-hmm. and you get film in return. Right. And it's something physical that is the direct result of what you paid for. Right. And so that's that's going to be our ambitious right. stretch goal or not stretch goal, but our most ambitious reward, I think.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. How has it been working on the Indiegogo because fundraising for a can- it's like you're making a whole other movie It has its own sure. pre-production process and everything. So. Yeah.
0: No, thankfully um, My team's been kind of put together for a while now on mm-hmm. this so to put together the Indiegogo We shot a promo video, right? Um, we dragged some actors out to Macon, Georgia mm. uh, put I them in- shot that. Yeah, it's Macon, Georgia mm-hmm. at a property of a friend of our producers nice and we just shot out there with props and costumes mm-hmm. and everything just to give people an idea of the tone that we're going for in the film. Uh, so we shot all of that. Um, we have our editor for the final film. She put that together. And then it was shot by our DP, You know, mm-hmm. put together by a producer, directed by myself. Mm-hmm. So what you're getting in that promo vid is going to be similar to the yeah. end result. Yeah. And then we also did some sit down interviews and we had to shoot all of mm-hmm. that. And then our poor editor had to put together <laughs> I don't know. It must have been like 3 hours of footage. Oh wow. To, I might be exaggerating a little, <laughs> but I mean there was a, a lot, lot of footage. A lot of footage and a lot of me yeah. messing up trying to promote my film. Right. Um You're doing great so far. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So, she had to stitch all of that together. Mm -hmm. And she said she was just like dying laughing, writing it all the times that I apologized to her uh, (laughs) in the footage. Oh, yeah. I love doing that while you're
1: recording. Like, say to your editor, I'm so sorry, I have to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And we, like, all of us had to do that throughout the thing. But uh, she did a great job putting Mm -hmm. those together. Um, We have people who are making art for us that's going to go up on the site. Um, So, we had to talk to them, be like, okay, here's the scenes that we want you to do. Here's how you, you know, we're kind of thinking of pre-visualizing yeah. it. And then they drew that out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we've gone through almost the entirety of a pre-pro process yeah. and production process and then post-production <laughs> process. Yeah, exactly. To promote our film. And you haven't
1: even made it yet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. How did it feel to see your idea start to become manifested in those artworks and in the promo video and stuff like that? It's really cool. Yeah.
0: It's the most pre production that I've ever done for anything. Right. Um, especially with how we are on our quarter system. You know, mm-hmm. it's we're here for 10 weeks and you're supposed to make a full film in those 10 mm. weeks until you get to senior. Yeah. Um. So I got to play around with visuals that I'd like to try doing in mm-hmm. the film. I got to play around. With, you know, what does this costume look like Mm -hmm. compared to this costume? How does it play? Does this one look period accurate, even if it is or if it isn't? Right. And so being able to explore all of that before ever worrying about actually putting it on film Mm -hmm. was great. And then seeing the promo of it cut together, it's like, okay, yeah, no, that's the idea that I'm going for. Mm -hmm. Let's make that, but even better. Right. And so it was really cool to see basically the seeds of my idea being planted Mm -hmm. and like growing like little sprouts that are adjacent. To the real
1: tree, <laughs> so I like that. That's a that's a good metaphor. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Um, let's talk about your team for this film because Absolutely. you said that your team's been put together for like a, a solid yeah solid chunk, which I think seems to be pretty common for you know senior thesis films because you spend three years. Uh, Meaning people you want to work with for sure and then it comes to senior like hey, let's work together absolutely tell me about your team and how Important collaboration is on this.
0: Uh, it's huge. I mean yeah. uh, my personal style of filmmaking is very collaborative mm-hmm. You know there are the auteur filmmakers where it's like you know I can shoot it and I can direct it right. and I can star in it and I can't I mean Hypothetically, you know, I've worked as a DP. I could shoot it. Yeah, but then I would be giving all of my attention to that Exactly so as a writer and director. I want to sit back.
1: I want to write and then direct. Yeah. I, I'm i the same way. Like, I was so used to doing everything. Yeah. Not because I thought I was not a tour, just because back in Mississippi, I didn't know anyone else who Absolutely. could do it. Absolutely. Yeah, no. So, getting to SCAD and being able to, to, to only write and direct, it's like. It's incredible. It is. It's it really, really nice. is. No, back in high school when I first started uh,
0: directing things and then handing it off to an editor. It's Like, this is amazing. <laughs> I don't like, have to cut it myself. It's like, like can... you edit it, yeah. What and you enjoy doing that? It's it was amazing. And yeah. so, then once I got to here, I'm like, oh, this person who's really good at shooting things and is right. better at being a cinematographer than I am, yeah, he can shoot it. Yeah, that's and the key. You hire the this better editor people. who's better at editing that than me, she can edit it exactly. And so, yeah, no, it's been put together, and I am not a great producer. Mm-hmm. I love writing and directing and, you know, the creative side of filmmaking, mm-hmm. not great at putting everything together in the places <laughs> it needs to be. Right. So, um, lovely, great producer, Nick Lewis. Um, I met him last year and we started collaborating and he's produced um, a couple of shorts of mine already. Great to be working with him again. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of mentioned before my DP, mm-hmm. I met him at my first real film class mm-hmm. uh, in this and we've been collaborating. Ever since you know between our big picture, you know big like submit this to festival shorts Yeah, and our in-class assignments Mm -hmm. We've worked together on what has to be at least three dozen projects now. Oh, wow. Yeah I mean gotcha we are we are in sync when it comes to collaborators Yeah, which it's great because when you can sit down with your director of photography Mm -hmm. And you know open the script. I'm like, okay scene one. Here's where we are. What are we thinking? and he just starts describing the shot and then you finish his sentences and then he's describing the next shot and then you finish the sentences then you'd start and you know you can just work back and forth like that that's a dynamic that we yeah. have that i absolutely love
1: uh, and i'm lucky to have that that dynamic it's it's kind of like this is who knows if this is a very stupid thing for me to say or not but whenever it's working like that, it's like kind of romantic in a way. We've been described as an old married couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, the it's been like... sparks are flying. Yeah, it's like you guys have known each other long enough that
0: like you know what you want and then, but when it comes to arguments, you're like, no, you're stupid. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, no, yeah. you're stupid and yeah. we're like we're the same brand of stupid. It's just, you know, he says left and I say slightly less left. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, no, it's it's great and I mean it is something like Romantic, right is but be- just between the two of us. I don't yeah. know if he'll kill me for saying any of this
1: <laughs> right, but it really is right, and um, I, I think it's it's even more of course like the the director DP relationship is Huge, and I is. think we've all seen sets where that relationship is not good and the set kind of falls apart
0: Absolutely I mean I've yeah. been on sets where like yeah. I was a DP and I walked in and I'm like here's your shot list You're doing this right I was like oh, I don't have any creative input I'm just right here to make sure that the shots you told me to have or like a camera op more, right exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah no, I think Directors especially like we were saying the mm-hmm. the kind of auteur style can abuse DPS, mm-hmm. but when you find a, a Cinematographer who you really like working with it's incredible and yeah And they yeah. just sync with you and yeah. everything that you have is flowing and you know exactly yeah. how your
1: movies going Yeah, and I think that's even more important because you're shooting on film because absolutely in the same way of digital photography some people will just do take 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 right because they're shooting on the red or whatever but with film you i mean of course you're gonna have multiple takes but it's not like you can dump your film and just wrote, put in yeah. a new one like you're gonna show up to set with however many reels and that's it yeah so like it's so important to be in sync because you've got what three takes of each thing you yeah, know like think, something like that i think our production's basically married to a four to one shooting ratio
0: wow which means like 4 to 1 is 4 to 1 and wow, that's what we that's have. Cra-
1: wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so
0: um, does that worry you at all
1: a little? Uh, yeah, yeah, to be oh, honest real quick for those who may not understand can you explain can you explain? Oh, yeah Shooting absolutely. ratio what that means. Yeah, so
0: basically shooting ratio is like if I have a project that's 10 minutes long I will have a total of 40 minutes shot at a mm-hmm. 4 to 1 shooting ratio, right? And that's it mm-hmm. and that's all I have to work with and it's very easy uh, like you were saying to on digital to have like a 22 to 1 shooting yeah. ratio to just keep going and going and going yeah, I mean
1: Hollywood stuff is like hundreds absolutely Yeah, Four hundred to one or whatever.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you know, there's plenty of room to cut and yeah Have alternate takes and mm. you know, let's do it this way Let's do it that right. way and when you're married to a four-to-one shooting ratio You have basically four chances to get your shot the exactly the way you want it and then you're out So it's gonna be yeah. a, a
1: lot of rehearsal. Yeah, I was gonna ask do rehearsals come into that it does yeah. and
0: um Usually as a filmmaker, I'm not very into rehearsals. Mm, um, why is that? It's something that I think I picked up as an actor, and then mm. uh, kind of brought into my filmmaking. Is a lot of times your actors just want to be on there and organically right. do things, and yeah. the more opportunities you give them to just play with scenes like that, you know, the more that they can bring, the more they can bring some reality into the scene and you mm-hmm. know better their performance. And so when you have you know digital cinematography, you can take 19 takes and they can do it differently every single time yeah and you'd be like you know what i think i liked take six the best yeah they're like, okay well i did 13 others
1: but right. no skin off your back yeah. no skin off mine or the first half of take six and then you like the middle part of 11 exactly. and then you yes can... yeah, yeah
0: and and so what i think my plan is with the rehearsals is we're gonna make sure we get movement down we get blocking right. down we yeah. get everything the logistical down. aspect exactly. of rehearsals, yeah. and then those four takes all of them are going to be great takes and they're all going to be slightly different. And then it's mm. just down to how we're going to play with that. Um, right. Then
1: it's more performance. Exactly. Right. And
0: we've, we've got great actors, so mm. I'm not at all worried that they're going to ruin the scene for right. me. I, they're, right. they're they're uh, very solid performers. Right. um, So it's, it's just going to be down to where you're allowed to experiment less, but I have a very good idea of where I want to go with this. And so, then film in
1: itself is an experiment. It is. It know? really is. So,
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, at this point, we've kind of decreased the amount of ingredients we can play with. but Out of necessity? Out of necessity for some of it. But when you boil it down, you know, some of the best French cuisine and best Italian cuisines like four ingredients Mm -hmm. and it's just doing it really well. Right. And so that's kind of where we're at with this. You know, before I've made You know 100 ingredient stews where let's throw everything in and let's do 80 shots of this and you know We'll get we'll get it eventually and all right now you're gonna be happy now you're gonna be sad now You're gonna be angry and you know this one's just we have a very simple recipe. Yeah, let's get it. Absolutely, right
1: I do think that film school naturally Weans us through that process because you get to film school and you're like, oh we can get a steady cam Let's shoot everything on steady cam because that's cool and let's just do it and then you're like, oh, we can do green screen. Let's just do everything, you know? It's, yeah, You yeah. find these new things and you experiment with it and you have fun with it. And then you get to your senior film and you're like, let's maybe study cam one shot.
0: Yeah, no, you and, and uh, I think that's part of this project is shooting on film, shooting everything kind of old school. It brings you out of all the technology right. that we have access to us. It brings you out mm. of you know let's do this because the luxuries I can. of those exactly things. right. It brings you out of let's do things because we can and you can only do things because it works for your story right because it works for the project that you're doing the what you're trying to tell yeah and so that's so interesting and so we have access to all those things yeah but do we need
1: it mm. and so because it's kind of a crutch in a way it is it very so. much
0: is um there are some films that are shot entirely on Steadicam. I'm not going to knock all of them, Mm -hmm. but some of them, you can tell that they took out a Steadicam and they're like, let's shoot a movie on a (laughs) Steadicam because that's a cool idea. Right. And we could do that. Yeah. But it's not the story we're trying to tell. And so it's not the story we are going to tell and it's not the technique we're going to use.
1: Right. What is your dream for this film? It's very ambitious. Uh, You're tackling a big story. Yeah. Um, You're tackling a big historical moment, you know, something that. A lot of people can relate to in some way. Sure. My grandfather was in World War II. Yep. You know? Of course, everyone wants to get into film festivals. But yeah. whenever these people that go to these film festivals watch your film, mm-hmm. they don't know you. They've never met you. They walk up to you. What do you hope their experience is? So to, just on the film festival idea, yeah. a
0: lot of people make their senior movie to get into film festivals. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. I mean. As filmmakers, we need someone to see our stuff <laughs> yeah. to get jobs after we're out of high school or high school Out of college, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, after we've left college. Yeah, it's helpful. <laughs> and it really is, but for this project I never went, okay, and well this is going to be submitted to this film festival and this mm. film festival This, this festival and mm. that's what it's right for. This is not something mm. that I created to be a festival piece, right? Um, So when, it is a very specific it is type of thing so so the, the real ambition behind this is to make the best damn movie that I can make mm. after having spent this is now my fifth year in college right uh, having spent five years studying the medium studying the technique studying the basic ideas of mm. how to make a movie how well can I do that now mm-hmm. and so when it comes down to whatever festivals accept it whatever. Audiences see this once it's out. They come up to me. The only thing that I want to hear is that was a good movie You did. Well. I enjoyed that, you know, and I'm not trying to Dazzle anyone with my genius directing style right and then you know get some handshakes and you know (laughs) Like oh you want to direct the next Star Wars movie. Here you go, right? You know, I mean would that be awesome? Absolutely (laughs) But it's it's not the ambition with this. Gotcha. I just want people to sit down and enjoy their time Mm-hmm. Um, for however long that film is on screen, I want them to enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the point of it. Gotcha.
1: I have, I have one more question, and, and you might have already answered it uh, with the question I just asked you, but you were speaking about your journey of ending up here. Yeah. And a lot of people questioned you and asked you, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you going to film school? Why are you a cinema studies major? Why are you at UCLA? You know, I want to ask you the same question. Sure. Why are you making this movie? And of course, you're a senior. You have to make something to graduate, Absolutely. to get this degree. You, something's got to be made because there are requirements to be fulfilled. But you could make anything. You could like do something super low effort. You could shoot something on your phone. You know, like uh, about two teenagers that fall in love or something. You know, why go to hell and back with this? I think
0: because this is kind of my last shot academically at you know making something. Um a lot of my films that I've done so far as a student have been not unambitious, but simpler kind of comedies and right. horror movies. And I'm not knocking either of those genres at all because I love them mm-hmm. and I love making them. But you know, it would have been very easy for me to settle down. I'm like, okay, I have a really funny five page script that I can sit down and I can do well. We'll shoot it on, you know, the FS seven. Will have you know a good old time for a weekend, yeah. My senior film will be done, yeah. It'll be shown at and showcase, and then I'll have and then I'll get to just and hang then I'll have out. a degree, and then yeah. yeah, and it'll be great, right? Um, and that is something that I could have done, but mm. I set out to be a filmmaker not because I thought it was going to be something easy that I could just fall into, but because. It was a challenge, you know, to quote John F. Kennedy. I we, was just about to say "Yeah, that. We do we these, do these things, things not because they are easy, because but they, they are hard. hard. <laughs> exactly. and
1: That's so cool. In many ways,
0: this is my moonshot. It's kind of ridiculous yeah. that, you know, I'm shooting a 20-ish minute short film set during the Second World War that has battle scenes and is shot on film on location in the winter. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But... I don't know. It's some. It's something that felt right to me to mm. try the hardest that I could mm-hmm. to make the most impressive thing that I could. Again, not because I want people to be impressed with me and my talent, mm-hmm. but because I want to be impressed with myself of where I've right. gotten. Because, like yourself I said, proud. exactly uh, where I was five years ago, six years ago, being told that it was ridiculous mm-hmm. to go into college to pay that kind of money to learn Mm. how to be a filmmaker to then try to go into an industry that's already oversaturated yeah to to be able to basically look back and tell that kid this is what you've done in those past six years Mm. i'm proud of me are you proud of me because you Mm. should be that's the goal that's
1: why i'm doing it wow i love that that's awesome well thank you I think you will make your 16 year old self proud. And I know you already would have if they could see what you were doing right now. Well, thank you. Um, I'm very excited to see this. I can't wait. When are you shooting next week? Uh, we're
0: shooting uh, the next or the first two weeks of winter quarter. Gotcha. Uh, the first week is going to be a long weekend. Yeah. Um, that's the Martin Luther King weekend. So we're using all the days that we mm-hmm. can uh, to shoot up on location mm-hmm. for all of our exterior scenes. Um, Up in North Carolina up in North Carolina Mm -hmm. is uh, Yeah, the location right and then the weekend after that we're coming back down to Savannah um, where we're going to shoot our interiors our lovely production designer is Building us basically a studio space. That's cool that we can shoot in which gives us a bit more flexibility Mm -hmm. with our lighting and camera positions and everything So all of our interiors are gonna be shot here in studio in the second week and then after that it's all post
1: work and grind. Yeah, How long does it take to get the footage back? Uh, Kodak
0: can actually deliver it to you quite fast. Hmm. Um, You deliver it out and it's overnight shipping usually because Mm -hmm. film is heat sensitive. Right. Um, In the winter, it's less of an issue, but you don't want film to be unrefrigerated for extended periods of time. So you send it to Kodak, they develop it within like two days. You get it back within the same week. So, yeah, so we should have at least telecinied footage. Hmm. within i'd say two days of us shooting it uh, or two days of us sending it out Mm -hmm. which when we're in north carolina we won't be able to send it out we're basically gonna have Uh... to stockpile our footage bring it back down to savannah and like
1: coolers and stuff yeah and then
0: and then mail it thankfully it'll be cold up there that's true that's true but yeah so wow Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time, but I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, I'd love to have you back on to talk about how the production process went and how the post-process I'd love to be back. This is great. Yeah, Yeah, it was a bunch of fun having you on, and um, good luck shooting. I'm sure it'll be great. Thank you.